What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 33 of the DE podcast. My name is Daniel. I'm your host, and we are very glad to have everybody here today. And I'm joined here by Akermish. Hey, everybody. I'm Akermish. I'm the other host of the DE podcast. And I think we'll jump right into a podcast which is just filled with a lot of exciting things going around the league. And I think to start it off, we will head to Chicago where the Chicago Bulls are on a nine-game winning streak, and they are now 2.5 games ahead of the Nets, three games ahead of both the Bucks and the Heat, and they have the number one seed of the East, which I think is actually definitely a surprise because most people had them at around, I would say, the four to five seed, and the fact that they're easily the number one seed right now is just very impressive. Um, but... Despite that, I don't think that it's like their their win streak was the greatest thing in the world because the teams that they've beaten haven't been the best in the league. Like they've they've had to beat the Wizards twice, the Hawks twice, the Pacers twice, the Magic and the Rockets, and none of those teams are, uh, I believe, even over five hundred. So I would just say with this win streak, what are your top three? What are your rankings for the top three? in the East out of the Bucks, the Nets and the Bulls. I mean, even though like the Bulls had like the easy schedule and everything, and they barely beat the Pacers and the Wizards with the, um, with the game winners of DeMar DeRozan, like, I mean, he's still like playing really well. So, but obviously like compared to like the net to the Bucks, I'm not really sure yet, but the Bulls have been the Nets both times. They've, I don't remember if they've played the Bucks. I don't believe so. So I would put I would put the Bulls first and that's second and the Bucks third. And I'll put the the Bucks there just because I mean, like last night they had their full roster and they played against the Hornets, who are obviously not so as a not like you know the best team in the in the conference, and yeah. they lost to them. So it's not, I guess, disappointing, but um, it feels like kind of like the Lakers, like a couple of podcasts back where LeBron or in this case, Giannis is doing like everything. And yeah, like there's Chris Middleton who's helping him out, but then there's nobody else. And they did wave DeMarcus Cousins, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But I mean, I think the Bulls are in the best place they could ever be. I mean, last year they weren't even in the playoffs. So Definitely, they're one of those teams like the Suns who jumped from like being one of the worst to like, you know, arguably one of the best. Um, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, but personally, for me, my rankings probably have to go with number one, the Nets, just because they just got Kyrie back and they're looking to be even better than before. Um, they obviously had none of their big three for quite a few stretch of games because of COVID. The Bulls did have a similar situation with DeMar. But I think that the Nets' stronger schedule and similar amount of wins still puts them ahead. Then at two, I have the Bulls. Um, I think for all the reasons that you listed, DeMar has been very impressive. Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, Nikola Vucevic, they got their big four. They're, they just had a very good season. And then number three is probably the Bucks. I mean, they started out slow. They had a huge surge to get themselves back in the standings. But they're, And Giannis is back to nearly MVP numbers. But... As you said, they're still a little bit lacking in depth, right? They have their big three of Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis, but we don't know where else the help is going to come from, especially with people like Brooke Lopez being out and they just waved DeMarcus Cousins. So we'll kind of see where they um, where they head. But, but I mean, um, like, I, I, I kind of like agree with you because, like in a way, but like the Bucks beat the Nets by 15 or 20 or something like that. And yeah. it's not like it's not like the Nets are gonna have Kyrie Irving for both home and road games. Like there's only road games, so I feel like that might affect the team. Like we saw Kyrie Irving, the team played well. They still barely beat the Indiana Pacers, even though obviously you have to give credit. So Indiana the Indiana played like really well. But then they played Milwaukee, who didn't have George Hill, they didn't have Drew Holiday. So they technically didn't really have a, a, a good guard. And then mm-hmm. they ended up losing by 20 plus. And the Nets had their, their lineup minus Blake Griffin and then Kyrie Irving, obviously, because he can't play in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but it's like, 
that was one game. And I just feel like the Nets at full strength with Kyrie, with KD healthy, with Harden healthy, everybody, their they're supporting players, Nick Claxton, Blake Griffin, is still better than uh, the Bucks as a whole and even the Bulls as a whole. And we, we kind of saw that last season, right? It took literally KD going – it took the Bucks to have KD uh, be basically alone without Harden because Harden was very injured, came back to the playoff series. Kyrie got injured in that series. It took the Bucks seven games and just a, a shoe size to beat them last season. And I don't, I don't see that happening again, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like if they were to play in a playoff series this year, I think it would be tough to say who would win. Obviously, because the Bucks made improvements, because it's not like they played amazing in that series. And then obviously, Kevin Durant's probably not going to like go and score fifty every night. Like you're going to have James Harden, who's playing better. Actually, fingers crossed. Then you have like Bruce Brown. But but they've that they've def they definitely did it well in the off season in terms of like not rebuilding but getting oh, their roster oh. back. I forgot they they signed Patty Mills. Patty Mills was a great yeah, addition. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's where I was going. So like they signed Patty Mills, they signed DeAndre Bemery, they signed Paul Millsap, they signed several other role players that can help the team out. So honestly, if if both teams were fully healthy, I think the Nets would obviously you know win. Um. But with this whole situation where Kyrie is only playing road games and, you know, he's not playing home games, I think that, mm -hmm. honestly, now that I kind of think about the logic, like it would be kind of harder for Milwaukee because they would probably have to have, like, two different game plans in a, in a way because Patty Mills would be starting on one game as point guard and he's he, his style is obviously different than Kyrie's. And then in another game, they would have Kyrie starting. So it would almost be like this, like, how would be – deal with two different players on two yeah but guys. i mean it goes the other way too with the nets like the nets have to be like how are we gonna get how are we gonna play with Kyrie, who's like 25 yeah. 26 points per game and then without him with patty mills he's probably averaging 15 to 16 points when he starts so it's like it, it works both ways but i i get what you're saying like yeah the nets when they're fully healthy are probably better than the bucks but the point is that they're not fully healthy most of the time because of this whole vaccine situation because of injuries. And so we don't have the luxury of like deciding how they're what, like at what strength they're going to play each other. Yeah. Only if Kyrie got his vaccine, then this wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. I honestly, it's, I hope it's, 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 it's two shots just like into your arm. Like it's not going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but yeah. I think we can move on to one of the teams that might be one of the best in the West this year, the Memphis Grizzlies. They've had an eight-game surge. They were 10-10 and 10 around Thanksgiving break, and now they are 27-14, and 14, wow. going 17-4 and four in their last 21 games. Um, and obviously, big contributions from Jean Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and then we have a new guy, Desmond Bain. And he, might, he could be most improved player, and Brandon Clark. Um, so honestly, in my opinion, I did not expect him to do good at all because I just didn't think that Ja had like, I mean, we haven't really seen the playoffs yet, but I'm afraid that like John Murray might not have the experience in the big stages yet. I mean, obviously he had the play in and he had a, a really intense series against the Jazz. So I think he's had enough experience to the point where he can like say, hey, like I, my team can go to the conference finals second round and, you know, get close with the good teams. And they beat the Warriors once this year. They came, they beat the Suns once this year in Phoenix, where it was a, you know, back-to-back -back game. So currently matched up with Dallas, like, with, with my opinion already being said, like, what are your thoughts on their chances if the season would end today? Well, I think, honestly, they would pretty clearly beat Dallas unless Luka went, well, actually, now that I think about it, I think it's a tough series. I think it would be at least six or seven games just because of Luca and how good he is. Like, if we remember for the last two seasons, or Luca was matched up against the Clippers, and he was like, he did not get any help from Porzingis, from Trey Burke, from Tim Hardaway Jr., from anybody. But he was going absolutely insane, 
scoring all these game winners, having that would be funny. Point... That, that that would be funny that happened again, where they played the Clippers in the first round and then they lost oh. again. <laughs> <laughs> that it could it could if the Clippers get like the four seed and the Mavericks get the five seed, that could actually happen, which would yeah. be crazy. But I mean, I don't know. But going back to my point, I think I think right now the Grizzlies have the edge just because they have way more depth. Like as we said. They don't just have – they have John Moran, who's having a career year. Jaron Jackson Jr., who's having another very solid, like, uh, not all-star, but, like, fringe all-star year. And then Desmond Bain, just out of nowhere, is just going completely insane. And Brendan Clark, they, they have a number of guys. And Dylan Brooks, too. They have a bunch of depth, which I think that Dallas doesn't have. And Dallas, like, keeps continuing to lose uh, every single year. So I think that they would beat the Mavericks – in like six or seven because nobody's going to be able to guard Luca anyway. Like that's just not, it's not going to be a thing. So I think Luca himself is going to be enough to win quite a few games for them, but it won't be enough to win a series. Yeah, I think so. Like, I guess like the Grizzlies are more like balanced than the Mavericks, I guess, because they have yeah. like a whole, they have like several players who can do big, like big things, but the Mavericks, I mean, they're not bad at all. They beat the Warriors by like 18 the other day. So it's not like they're bad, but it's also like Steph Curry's worst game though. Yeah, it's true. But like, I mean, when Luca plays well, hopefully he can like bring his whole team around him and then they can go and kind of, you know, win on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So I think we can move on to the legendary maybe if not the best team in the nba the toronto raptors mm-hmm. are in a five game winning streak um van vliet fred van vliet has definitely impressed me i'm like i'm shocked at how good he's playing because he's never played this well since like the 2019 finals he's averaging <laughs> t- about 21.7 points per game five rebounds and almost seven assists but in the last five games he had 30 points per game and actually two days ago against the Utah Jazz. He had his first ever triple-double, 37 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And now the Raptors currently stand at 19-17, and 7th in the East. So, honestly, they are looking very nice right now. The players are playing really well. Pascal Siakam is playing decent. He's averaging about 23 points per game in this five-game span. Um, And they beat some good teams. They beat the Utah Jazz. Milwaukee Bucks, San Antonio Spurs by 25, the Knicks by 15, and then they came back from from 16 down against the Clippers to win by 10. Um, So usually I'm the one who's like saying this, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, Akefridge, do you think like Fred VanVleet has what it takes like right now to be an all-star this season? Oh, for sure. And I think like the past – I mean, I don't know if he'll get a starter, but I definitely think he's in consideration, if not a lock for a bench spot in the guard position, just because um, what, what he's done in these past, I would say, not even just the past five games, but like the past 10, 15 games, and even the whole season, I guess, is, is just absolutely insane, right? Nearly 22 points per game, very efficient. And then he's continued to up his game as we go on. Now, obviously, as you said, he's averaging more points than ever in his career. He's he's become the first option for a team that's competitive in the playoffs. And I think that's more than enough to get you an all-star spot. And so I think that he definitely has what it takes. He's shown that like, I think it was, I don't remember what team it was against, but he went on a 19 Oh run by himself in the third quarter where only he scored um, points. Nobody else on the Raptor was scoring except for him. And He's just ha- and then the fifty point triple or the thirty point triple double. There's just he's just having so many good performances this season. I think that he it's this is his breakout year, and you know he might also be in consideration for the most improved player of the year too. Yeah, I guess he, yeah, I guess he could be it. I mean, I think like this is kind of like a, steering a little bit away from the Raptors, but like the most improved player. Like for me, I kind I don't judge it as like the person. I I kind of feel like if a player is good, and then he goes to like insane, I think that would be more for M- the MVP award because you're already good. But if you're like t- like 
not good, like not really known, you know, your numbers are okay. And then you go to like, yeah, decent, like pretty, like really good numbers. Like Fred Van Vliet last season, he averaged about like 19 to 20 points per game. So in terms of his actual averages, it wasn't, it hasn't been a big improvement, but um, I think compared to other players in the league, he may not be most improved player just because it's not like he was bad last year. He was like, like arguably the one of the one of the or not arguably but he was one of the best players on the Raptors so in terms of most improved I, I would like to see him best most improved but I'm not gar- gonna guarantee it and I don't really I'm not gonna say that I think it's gonna happen but definitely to be an all-star I think that, that's gonna happen mm-hmm. so would you say that he I mean he's obviously not gonna be like top five or even top 10 maybe, but do you think that he could be entering the MVP conversation if he keeps it up? Huh, that's and, kind and of the Raptors hard. win. And like the Raptors no. are like the sixth or fifth seed. Huh, that's kind of hard because the Eastern Conference is so complicated right now because of like all the, the teams that have been surprising us, like the Bulls. It's like I'm thinking of the teams that are better, like the Bulls, the Bucks, the Nets, the we almost beat the Nets. We lost the Nets by one point. Scotty <laughs> Barnes missed a half court shot. I'm disappointed. But um, then you have the yeah the Bulls, the Heat, the Cavs. Me, us. I think Raptors versus Cavs would be such a good series. We lost them by 45 two weeks ago. Our whole team was in COVID protocols, <laughs> so you cannot we cannot blame our team for that loss. And the Cavs had their full roster. Um, but to be to be like fair, like if the Raptors were fully healthy and the in the Cavs were fully healthy, that would be such a good series. Like first, maybe second round if we get lucky series. That would just remember Lebronto, Lebronto all over again. I know, no, no, no. <laughs> if 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 we beat the Cavs, Toronto will go absolutely nuts. We're gonna be so happy. Everyone's gonna go fire at Lebron on social media and say, "Hey, we just beat your old team. Take that." And then LeBron will like sign like another like two year contract to come back to the Cavs and like blow us out 4-0 and two playoffs in a row. <laughs> Ooh, that was painful to watch as a Raptors. I was fan, that probably. was pain. That was painful. Um, no, but the Raptors, I'm I'm confident about them getting a playing. I'm definitely I'm like a hundred per, million percent confident about them getting a playing spot if they keep up how they've been doing. And it's not like Scotty Barnes has been playing like well. Like, I mean, he's not, he's playing decent. He's averaging like a, in the last like couple of weeks, he's averaging about 11, 12 points. So he's third in the rookie race. So it's not like Scotty Barnes is playing at his peak level. Like, and mm-hmm. Siakam and Van Vliet, I mean, Siakam is really close to his peak level. Van Vliet looks like he's at his peak level. Um, and I have to give credit to Masai Ujiri because at the beginning of the season, I hated Scotty Barnes. I don't know why. Um, what? Oh, I, I, yeah. Yeah, you remember? Yeah. And because of Jalen Suggs. And then I, I kind of thought, like, no, Jalen Suggs has been out for two months with an injury. Like, we're, we're cool. Like, like the Raptors, like, it's, it's, it's such, it's like, a, I'm trying to think of like a team to compare them to, like the Hawks. They have like a star, two star players in Van Vliet, Siakam, and in the Hawks case, Trey Young and John Collins. And then they have so many guys around them that can help them out have big games as well. Gary Trent Jr., he's had a few 30-point games this season. You have Scotty Barnes, he, he's in the race to be rookie of the year, possibly, or at least top three. Then you have Chris Boucher, Precious Achoa. Goran Dragic betrayed us. Goran Dragic, <laughs> if you're listening right now, you are a traitor. He is well, in Miami. He is in Miami working out right now. Like, well, here's the thing. You don't need Goran Dragic because you have Fred Van Vliet. How about that? Exactly. Exactly. We don't need him. <laughs> so Goran Dragic, go back to Miami where you came from. <laughs> no, but Precious Achoa came from Miami. He's playing. He's been playing really well. I mean, he's a great sixth, seventh man on the team right now. Then we have Malachi Flynn, who was our rookie. He's not, I think he's not a rookie anymore, but he was last year. Um, but he's he's playing decent. I mean, compared to last year and this year, I think what the Raptors did in terms of the offseason is balance out their team to where you don't have a star player. You may have two, three, maybe even four, like really like got good players maybe in all-star talks maybe not and then you have several role players who who are on the team help you out um and we signed dylan wilson to a to a deal i don't really know i don't 
I don't think we really necessarily need him. But then we have Justin Champagne, who came from Europe. He's actually mm-hmm. playing decent. He's averaging, even though he's averaging like eight, seven, eight points per game, like he's scoring in the big moments. Like he, he's like his last name is Champagne. That's exactly why he's good. You know, the champagne. <laughs> so, no, I mean, in terms of the Raptors, I'm, I'm super confident about them. Um, but, you know, I think I've definitely talked enough about the Raptors giving <laughs> my big speech. <laughs> but yeah. I think we can definitely move gears over to the L.A. Lakers. We keep talking about them every single podcast. They're so inconsistent. The Lakers are finally over 500. 21-19, six in the East, West. One game behind the Dallas Mavericks. LeBron has been crazy. He's been averaging almost 34 points per game, nine and that almost nine and a half rebounds and six assists, 52.6 field goal percentage, almost 41 three-point percentage, almost two blocks, two steals. He has been on fire. He is 37 years old and he's playing like he's 21 years old. So you definitely got to give credit to him. And then you have Malik Monk. He signed a deal on 1.7 million. On the offseason. Is it the steal of the offseason other than obviously DeMar DeRozan or Lonzo Ball? Like Malik Monk, like at the beginning of the season, I, I watched him in Charlotte a couple of times last year because he, that's where he was. He looked like he, like he was going to be good, even though he's a little bit older. Like he's been showing up in, in LA. He's been that one guy that you can kind of look forward to. Hey, if LeBron plays bad, this guy can kind of help him out a little bit. Obviously, yeah. with Anthony Davis out right now and Akerage. LeBron is he in MVP conversations and they played the Grizzlies today. You know, remember last time LeBron had that pass that went out of bounds to end the game? Oh, no. <laughs> Who do you have tonight? Do you have Jean Morant or LeBron? Will Jean Morant dunk on LeBron or LeBron dunk on Ja? You know? Yeah. All right. For the first one about the MVP, I think LeBron is easily getting there in the top five in the MVP conversation just because the Lakers finally started winning, even if they haven't really beat, like, super good teams. Like, all the teams that they beat are under 500. Except, uh, but I think that he's definitely in the MVP conversation. He's, his stats have been absolutely crazy in the past two weeks. And so I think if the Lakers keep going up in the standings, we'll, we'll see a lot more ESPN posts about LeBron being, a, <laughs> you know, being in the MVP conversation. And then for the second question about the Grizzlies versus the Lakers, I like the Lakers – I like LeBron, but I don't think they're winning today because the Grizzlies, like the Lakers are in a hot win streak, but the Grizzlies are on an even hotter win streak. I know. So, And the I Raptors think the Grizzlies, aren't even hotter. Uh, I don't know if we'll go there. You can, you, I'll let you have it. But I don't think, I think that, I don't think they'll win today just because of the fact that um, the Lakers, you don't know who's going to show up every game outside of LeBron and Malik Monk. Like, Russell Westbrook, he's been okay for the past few games, but he's been very inefficient and a lot turnover-prone, which are kind of his two worst <laughs> attributes. <laughs> so, um, outside of him, they have, like, Carmelo Anthony, who's been okay. He's had some on-and-off games. Last game, he had a good game. But I think just the fact that, again, the Grizzlies are – they're way more balanced as a team this season than the Lakers are. And they also defend better and they shoot better and do a lot of things better. I think that they'll take this one, but I think it'll be a close game just like the last one. So hopefully, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I think it's going to be one of those games where LeBron scores like 35 and Josh scores like 45. Um, but listen, <laughs> Russell Westbrook had no turnovers for the first time since 2016. Remember? Good. I'll so give him credit like- for that. Like, actually, like, like the funny thing is that there are players in the NBA who average, like, one turnover. And when Russell Westbrook gets zero turnover, it's like the whole world just, like, came to a complete, like, abrupt stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but I, I, I don't know about the Lakers. Like, I mean, they, they're looking like that type of team which has, like, super good games and super bad games, not, like, average games where mm-hmm. they crush really good teams like they did it with the Blazers and the Hawks. But then there's times when they lose to, like, bad teams like the Thunder. Um, but, listen, we lost the Pistons, like the Raptors, so like, it's it's okay. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but I yeah. think my question for you is, like, I think, like, do you think that they'll get more – do you think that they'll get more consistent throughout the season as they get, like, Anthony Davis back, as they yeah. start to gel more, or no? I think so. I mean, 
they they're, they've definitely improved since the last time we had a podcast. So if they keep it up, then they'll definitely be, you know, maybe top six or maybe just get a high playing spot. Um, I definitely think top eight, they'll be top, they'll be top eight this season. Um, but again, we're like barely, if, if you want to say we're barely halfway through the season right now, mm-hmm. like we're like, there are teams that had COVID issues. So they're a little bit under half, half or over half. So, I mean, if they keep it up, then they're going to barely have a winning streak. But I mean, there have, there haven't been any, like, a lot of teams that have had like really big winning streaks, except for the Suns, obviously, or the records, like the Suns and Warriors. I believe those are the only two teams that have under 10 losses right now. Um, but then the yeah, Jazz yeah. have, the Jazz have 11. Um, and then the, obviously the Nets and, and the Bulls. So, um, yeah. So what Speaking, you're saying is like that they they could catch up. They could catch up. Yeah. I mean, not to the top, but definitely like I think like around like the four, five, six spot. I think it's like a, a big war between the Grizzlies, <laughs> the Lakers, the Mavericks, and the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And I think top and, and also for the third spot. I think the I think it's it's kind of between Utah, Golden State, and Phoenix right now for those top three spots because Utah's only I believe a game or a game and a half behind the Warriors and the Suns. So I definitely think that they could catch up. Um, but definitely, like, speaking of like the Grizzlies and the Bulls, I have a question, Akimer. So are Demar Derozan and John Morant underdogs in the MVP race? Like, what do you think about that? Ooh, that's okay. I feel like you know, yeah, they they both are because. I, mean, I always hear in like on Instagram, on, on ESPN, everything I hear. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, DeMar DeRozan, he's having such a great season. He's having his best season since his Toronto days. John Moran, he's having his best season ever. But I never hear like, oh, are they considered for the MVP this year? I, I never hear that. So, yeah, they are underdogs. I mean, everybody's like, oh, yeah, the Bulls are the one seed, but. Who cares? Because the Nets are the two seed. Who cares? Because Katie and Steph are having such good years. I feel like they always overlook a lot of these other guys. So they're definitely underdogs. And I mean, my MVP like list right now is probably Katie at one, Giannis, um, Katie at one, Giannis at two, uh, Steph at three, Jokic four, LeBron five, DeRozan six, and John Morant is somewhere in that like seven through nine. But yeah, they're definitely underrated. Like sometimes I don't even see them like in the top ten, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, same with me. But like Steph Curry, like he's been kind of like iffy like the last like three games, and I feel like more teams are becoming like aware of it. So obviously they come in with a good with a game plan mainly to defend Steph, avoid Steph from scoring a lot. And it's definitely paint working. So like Steph Curry is not shooting well at all. He's like shooting under 50%. So yeah, he's shooting under 40% from three for the first time yeah. in his career, which is crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll have to see how Steph Curry does because at the beginning of the season, he started like up here, then he went down here. And now he's like, maybe like around here. So like if Steph Curry goes, like hopefully, you know, gets back into what he's been doing. And honestly, Steph Curry's been shooting so many three-pointers. I think try to go for more like, like I don't know, like mid-range. I do some more like pick and rolls or screen just to like get more mid-range shots or layups. Just because I feel like he's kind of like over, over like what's the overestimating his three-pointers because it kind of feels like everybody thinks that he's going to go out and score like eight threes a game. But in reality, he's scoring like two, maybe three or four so he's definitely needs to improve on that but i mean and i have another question so these are all like definitely like short answer questions but definitely questions that have been on my mind in the rookie race i talked about scotty barnes being like number three kate Cunningham is obviously catching up there he's number four but we have franz wagner he's number one in the rookie race he's on the magic which are one of the worst teams in the entire league He's averaging 15.9 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game, 2.7 assists per game. Are people underestimating him or is it just that like people aren't really like, thinking about him? I think it's because he's on the magic. So like 
nobody really cares. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, if he was on the Heat, or if he was on, if he wasn't, if he was on the Lakers, oh my God, they would, he, they would be calling him an All Star, everything, you know, giving him all the praise in the world. But it's because he's on the Magic. And the Magic really haven't been good since two thousand eight, so they're just kind of a little bit too irrelevant to get any hype. <laughs> but he's definitely. He's definitely number one in the uh, – I don't know. Evan Mobley is also having a really good season. But he's definitely number one or two in the rookie race just because he's scoring really well. Um, he's actually pretty decent at defense. And he's just kind of constantly been improving throughout the season. Like, I think a few weeks ago he was only averaging about 13 points per game. And now he's up to 16. So that improvement is also a big help to why he's number one. And I think that – I think the rookie race should just be determined on, like, how much – uh, how well the individual player plays as opposed to like their team record, because most of the time you're going to get like a rookie that plays pretty well, but their team is going to be really bad. So I think, so rookies kind of are a special case different from the MVP where you have to look at like how they are doing specifically and not anything else. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, even though I'm a Raptors fan and I kind of like Scotty Barnes now a little bit more than I used to, like I still think Franz Wagner is better than him. But yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely because of the team. Like I feel like in every single NBA award, like your team has to be somewhere in that mix, even if it's like a small fraction. Definitely mm-hmm. in the MVP race, it's definitely big because it would like let's, for, let's just do an example. It's not real, it's just fake. Jalen Green is averaging 35 points per game. And his team is like eight and 30 right now. Like no one's going to like vote him for MVP because even though you're doing that much, your team is not doing well at all. Your team is terrible. But then if, if you're like, I don't know, if you're averaging 30 points per game, your team is fourth in the West, maybe going to like the second or East or second round, third round in the playoffs. Yeah. Then you're, then you're going to be high because you, that people know that you're doing well. And then your team's also benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we have DeMarcus Cousins. He played for the Bucks for a while. He's signing a 10-day contract with the Nuggets, and the Bucks said bye-bye. So do you think that the Bucks made the right decision of him leaving? Or and also what do you think of him coming to Denver with probably being the backup center for Nikola Jokic? Ooh, I think it was I, I understand why the Bucks did it, but I don't think it was the best decision in the world. Because I think the Bucks did it because DeMarcus Cousins, like, at this point in his career, he's not going to be anything good on defense just because he can't move like that anymore. And um, the Bucks obviously probably wanted a, someone that was more like Brooke Lopez, who was a pretty great defensive center. And so DeMarcus Cousins didn't really – DeMarcus Cousins only really replaced the offensive side of him. So I think the Bucks felt like Bobby Portis was a better fit for their team than DeMarcus. But at the same time, like – DeMarcus had really good games. I mean, he had some okay and bad games, but he had some really good games in the minutes that he was given. So I think he would have been good to just keep around just for some more depth at center because then you could have had Bobby Portis and DeMarcus Cousins um, uh, in your lineups. But unfortunately, I guess they didn't choose to resign him. And I think with the Nuggets, I think it was a good decision because Nikola Jokic needs as much help as he can get. Um at this point in the season, right? Like, I think, like, Faku, I don't know exactly, uh, I don't know exactly how to play, but Compazzo is his, is the second leading scorer right now for the Nuggets, like, uh, which is something that should not be happening for a team that's trying to compete, um, obviously, for a playoff spot. So, DeMarcus Cousins will just be good for their depth. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I I think that the Bucks didn't make a good decision because he, it's not like he was playing terrible. I mean, he had a few bad games, but... He definitely played decent, and they are getting like they got a couple wins because of him. Um, but with the Nuggets, obviously, what you said about Nicole Jokic and everything, I definitely agree with. Because if you're in the playoffs and Nicole Jokic is obviously having to do stuff himself, like I mean, at least now because Jamal Murray is still injured, like if if Nicole Jokic gets like injured but he still plays, you you know the like James Harden, right? He had a hamstring injury, but he still went out and played. Like, mm-hmm. DeMarcus Cousins is there to help Nikola out, even if Nikola obviously doesn't play well. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, I guess we'll move on to, I guess, the last two big topics for today. The first one being the all-star voting first returns. 
So I think I'll read the West out. You get your thoughts and then you can read the East out. But so starting with the West, our front court goes LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Paul George, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Anthony Davis, Colin Anthony Towns, Carmelo Anthony, Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Ayton. Then for our guards, we have Steph Curry with the most votes out of everybody in the West. <laughs> with over I guess, almost 1.8 million more votes than second place Luka Doncic for the guard spots. So Steph, Luka, then John Morant, Clay Thompson for some reason, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Edwards. So any thoughts on specific players, like where they're I def- I, I definitely have a lot of thoughts on that. How is Clay Thompson number four on the cards? <laughs> Clay Thompson should be so happy. He hasn't played a single game in the season, and he's number four in the, in, the, in the cards. But, I mean, Steph Curry, obviously, I'm not surprised by that. Luka, not surprised. Ja, definitely not surprised. Clay Thompson, I'm definitely kind of intrigued by that. But I kind of think that people just wanted him to, like, come back and then go straight to the All-Star game where he could have fun. <laughs> I think they voted him because they liked him, just as a player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of surprised by that. Devin Booker and Chris Paul, I'm not surprised. Donald Mitchell, I'm not surprised. Dame, everything else, I'm not surprised, even with Anthony Edwards. For the front court, how is Andrew Wiggins number four? <laughs> the Warriors, The Warriors are on track to have – Four all-stars this year. <laughs> and one of them like, played zero games. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, but LeBron, Nicole, Paul George, I definitely agree with that. Andrew Wiggins, I mean, it's not like he's playing bad at all. Like, he's one of the best players in Dub Nation right now. But, like, to be over Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, like, Cat, no. Like, he definitely. Um, Carmelo Anthony, I'm, I'm not really surprised because people like him. But he definitely does not deserve to be over Rudy Gobert. DeAndre Ayton, he definitely... I mean, I th- honestly, I'm not surprised by DeAndre Ayton at all, at all. Because, you know, DeAndre Ayton is like... Like, he's definitely improved. Obviously, right now, I believe he's in health and safety protocols. But he's definitely played really well this season. He obviously, you know, showed out his playmaking skills last year in the finals. Um, but those are honestly my thoughts. Um I think yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think I pretty much everything you said was correct. Uh, the only thing is, I don't think Anthony Davis should be so high just because he literally hasn't been playing that much this season. He's been so, so you, you have Clay Thompson who's played zero games, he's number four on the cards. <laughs> well, I, I don't think Clay Thompson should be on there either. I think they're, I think, I don't think people like Edge. I think that if you get injured and you have like you're injured for like the majority or half the games this season, you shouldn't be able to be voted for all-star just because, like, then you're giving it away from guys who have been there all season and been pretty productive, too. Yeah. So I think I can go on and read the East. Um, For the front court, we have Kevin Durant, obviously. We have Giannis. So we have two guys who have over 2 million votes on the front court. But then we have Joel Embiid, who's – Almost a million votes behind Giannis. Um, oh, Jason, Jason, Jason Tatum at four. Jimmy Butler. Jarrett Allen. Bam Adebayo. Miles Bridges. Oh, Marcus Aldridge and Nikola Vucevic. At the guards, we have DeMar DeRozan, James Harden, Trey Young, Zach Levine, LaMelo Ball, Kyrie, Derek okay. Rose, Tyler Hero, <laughs> Darius Garland, and then the legendary himself, Fred Van Vliet. So, um, what are your thoughts on those? Okay, I think I think the front court is pretty great, actually. Um, Joel Embiid, Giannis, Kevin Durant, Jason Jason Tatum might be a little bit high. I think Jimmy Butler should be over him. Jared Allen probably over him too. Um, everybody else is great, but the guards, oh my, oh my, like what, <laughs> what is going on here? Demar Derozan definitely should be the top spot, I think. James Harden, great, fine. Trey Young, sure. He's he's having a great season. I think he had like seven. He's having seventeen straight twenty-five point games right now. Zach Levine, great. Lamelo, great. Kyrie Irving has played one I mean, game this it, year. It's because people like him. It's because people like him. It's I not mean, come on though. One. I think that like I think game. for the the All Star game should not be judged on, on who likes who. They should be judged on who's playing. Because let me tell you right now. Who, if if they judge it on who's playing the best this season, 
Demar, Trey, Levine, James Harden, then Lamelo, then okay, fine. I'll give Darius Garland over Van Vliet, then Van Vliet, then Tyro Hero, then Derrick Rose, and then Kyrie. Yeah, and Derrick Rose is literally out, I think, for like the season or something with an injury too. So how is he even like if he played in the if he got selected to be an all-star, he wouldn't even be able to play. I'm just mad that like Fred Van Vliet is number 10 and not like number one, you know. <laughs> well, Fred Van, if, if, if Kyrie and Derek Rose weren't on there, then Fred Van Vliet oh, would be like because seven. because the all-star games in Cleveland, so it's not in Brooklyn. So that means you cross out Kyrie Irving, you cross out Derek Rose. Wait, how many guard is it? Five each. I think it's like because there's two. There's two starting for the guards, and then so four, right? And then some reserves, because I think it's thirteen on each side. So well, I don't know. I know pick, it, pick like it, five it, guards, I guess. It, it's two guards, three front court for the starting. So I'm gonna assume like six, six guards and like seven front court or something like that for the mm-hmm. overall. So that means. That means Tyra Hero and Darius Garland need to get injured ASAP. So whoa, Fred Van whoa. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, um, but here's the here's another question, actually. Do you think but, that Lamelo Ball should be higher than Darius Garland and Fred Van Lee? Because Lamelo only averages 19 points per game, um, which is less than both Garland and Fred Van Lee. But I mean, in terms of like how he's been playing, I mean, like and like obviously I watch him more than like most people because he's obviously in Charlotte and everybody loves him but like he's definitely playing well but I think Van Vliet and Garland I think Garland hasn't gotten enough praise for how he's playing even the even me like as much as like he's an all-star I keep thinking that he's not good even though I know he's like good I just haven't watched him enough but Mm -hmm. like I don't know I think Lomelo might should be below both of them um but obviously since I'm like I live in Charlotte like Obviously, I don't know because like everyone's talking so so much good stuff about him. But in terms of the front court, I don't I do not I do not agree with Miles Bridges or Marcus Aldridge being up there. Or actually, no, Jaron Allen's fine. But like Miles Bridges is not like I mean he's not doing bad at all. He's having probably the best season of his of his career. But like no, I don't believe he's above Nicole. I forgot Vucevic. that Aldridge was there. I didn't even see that. Yeah, Aldridge yeah. should not be there. Nicole Vucevic should be above both of them. Bam Adebayo is injured with a thumb injury, but Jimmy Butler is out with an ankle injury. Currently, he should probably—he's definitely going to be back by then. I think like um, Sabonis should be there, honestly. Over yeah, some Sabonis of these guys. had like forty-two points the other night. Like he's been well. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Oh. Siakam, Siakam, obviously. Um, yeah, and Bradley Beal's not Kurt, on here Kurt, either. Chris Boucher, obviously. Uh, and you know the whole Raptors team should just be the yeah, All-Star no, line. exactly. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> But like, I still think that Fred Bailey should be higher, not because I'm a Raptors fan, but I I just believe so. But I mean, yeah, it's, I listen, it's it's the first returns. They probably finished the voting like a few days ago, and Fred VanVleet didn't have like his big games until then. So mm-hmm. it's not like these are the final votes. If these were the final votes, I would be so I would be so sad. But no, they're they're doing another. How many, is it two returns or three returns? I think it's two returns. Then they do the final thing where the coaches vote and they select the all stars. Okay, yeah. So I think on the second returns, I'm hoping that Fred Van Vliet can go higher than freaking Derek Rose, for God's sake. Um, I would not be surprised if, like, DeMar, Harden, Young, Levine, Ball, or Irving, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if they stay there. I think Lamelo might be get more praise because last night he had an awesome game against Milwaukee. You know, just. Omel would be so good for the all-star game because Omel is like that type of fun guy on the court. Like yesterday he did a behind the back pass in the first play of the game. Um, so <laughs> he's definitely, he's definitely the type of fun guy to go out there and have fun. Um, and then for the front court, I think everything will stay there unless like, I mean, I think I'm kind of overreacting about this whole thing, not because like I don't like certain players, but because like I keep thinking that it's based on teams like how yeah. good your team's doing. I'm kind of thinking about all-star, the all-star game related to like the MVP award. But in reality, it's just who, who, how much people like who. I'm surprised that so many people like Jared Allen. 
But I'm surprised that like 10th place on front court with Nikola Vucevic only gets like 93,000 votes. That means like not too many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oh, true. But you, you can vote daily, right? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. All right. So let me go yeah. vote for Fred Van Lee right now. <laughs> no, yeah, you got to vote for him every day. I know, right? Um, but, I mean, definitely some good stuff on the All-Star game. You know, I'm not going to go there. I've been I go, I've been to Hornets games. Like, last week it was pretty chill. But, like, with the whole COVID thing, there's, there's going to be so much hype there. I just don't recommend going. Like, just go on your TV, watch the game, have some a nice dinner, you know, sit on the couch with your friends. You can bring your friends over. I think I'm going to my friend's house that day so I can watch it there. But anyways, it's on Sunday. That's the that's the main topic. It's on Sunday. Like that's the worst thing. Like it has to be on Saturday. <laughs> that's true. Like I I, don't, I can't stay up till like 11:30 to watch an All-Star game. Like yeah. That's very true. Um but I think we can move on to the main topic of the day. We have JaVale McKee, who's been out of health and safety. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Not JaVale McKee. Um, but we have Clay Thompson. He is back in the NBA. The day the podcast, the day the podcast is published, Sunday, January 9th. Clay Thompson is coming back against the Cavaliers, 8:30 p.m. on NBA TV against his old team that he used to bet to, to rob for four years straight. You know, definitely. That's something that's going to be that's really hyped around the NBA. He published his famous I'm back quote, and now he's playing his first ever NBA game against the Cavs since game six of the 2019 NBA Finals, where the best team in history, Toronto Raptors, lifted the title. Um, but just for, for, for a fun fact, the last time Clay Thompson played an NBA game, Jean Morant and Zion didn't play a single game yet. Tom Brady was still on the Patriots. Russell Westbrook was still on in the on OKC with Paul George, and LeBron wasn't in the playoffs at the time. Wow, wow! <laughs> so definitely something. But guys, just for an info, if you just started following NBA a year ago, you may not know who Clay Thompson is. But you know, <laughs> I've seen him play at least. Yeah, you definitely, you've definitely, yeah. But um, Clay Thompson played for the Warriors. He's considered Steph Curry's flash brother. You know what's um, crazy? What? The Clay Thompson. Injury. Clay Thompson has been out longer than the D podcast has existed. I know, right? That's just like crazy. Um, but you know, Clay Thompson struggled with an ACL tear that he suffered in the finals, and then he got an Achilles injury later. Um, but in late November of 2021, he started doing some five-on-five work. But now the Splash Bros are reunited. I saw a clip the other day where he hit 24 straight three-pointers in practice, even though Steph Curry hit like 101. I don't care. Um, <laughs> But, like, a question for you, and then I'll answer it. What are your predictions for Clay for the rest of the season? And will Clay impact the Warriors right off the start, or do you think he'll start kind of slow and then make his way? All right, I think I'll answer the second question about impacting Warriors right off the start. I'm going to predict his stat line for today's game. I think you can do that after, two. I'm going to say he drops 12 points and, like, three threes. And just has a pretty decent game back overall. Maybe he'll go crazy. You never know. But anyway. Um, yeah, I, I think Clay Thompson would have one of those, like, okay games when he comes back. Yeah, I don't think he'll be that big of an impact immediately because he still has to get a feel. But especially because he came off of two injuries. Like, he, he didn't just have one. He had one in the 2019 finals. Then he had one before the start of the 2021 season. So, it's like, it was a it's double injury that he's coming back. So, I don't think he'll immediately have an impact. But if he's comfortable, he doesn't re-aggravate both of his injuries, he feels fine, then I think that he can definitely return back to some sort of form where he was averaging maybe 17 to 18 points per game, playing pretty great defense, shooting efficiently from three, being that second option for the Warriors. And then if he can do that, I think that just makes the Warriors even better. And they will easily, I think, easily have a ride to at least the conference finals. Yeah, I mean, based on how they're playing right now, I mean, Steph Curry obviously needs help because he's not playing well. So hopefully Klay Thompson can bring that, like, mentality. It's so weird saying Klay Thompson right now because I haven't said his name for, like, two years. Um, but, no, I mean, I think the whole world, even if you're not a Warriors fan, I think everybody's excited for Klay to come back. 
um, except for like the teams in the West because they know they're going to lose. Um, but <laughs> definitely um, very exciting. I mean, personally, as a Steph Curry fan, not a Warriors fan, a Steph Curry fan, I'm super excited for Klay Thompson to come back um, and hopefully lift the Warriors to the conference finals, finals or title. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but you know, one, one thing I guess I got to ask is like, how do you think? Because obviously, Clay coming back, and if he gets back to his scoring that he was before um, his injury, mm-hmm. how do you think that'll affect like Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Juan Toscano Anderson? Do you think it'll affect their production anyway? Or do you I think, think that they'll... I think yeah, I think it will definitely affect Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole is their player right now, who is obviously the shooting guard, or I think he's yeah, I think he's shooting guard right now. So definitely Juan to, or not Juan, um, um, Jordan Poole will be the backup for Clay Thompson unless they they decide to put him on the bench for the first game, which I will I will cry if that happens tonight. Um, <laughs> they put him they put him on the bench. Um, no, but Clay Thompson will that will affect Jordan Poole. I think in terms of Andrew Wiggins, I think it'll be even better because Andrew Wiggins is a good three point shooter. So if both of them kind of mix together and Steph Curry you know, hopefully helps out the team because Steph Curry's been passing the ball well. Like it's, he's hasn't been shooting well, but he's been passing the ball well. So mm-hmm. obviously Clay Thompson and Steph Curry can have that relationship where they both pass the ball to each other and it kind of goes off like that. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely super excited about that. And what about Andrew Wiggins? Do you think he'll have a scoring go down or? I don't know. That's kind of tough. I mean, I think, Everybody scoring might go down by just a little bit, but I don't think it's gonna be like Andrew Wiggins scoring twenty and then he's gonna score ten. No, I think it's gonna be like maybe sixteen. Like it's not like if you automatically get a player on your team, you're gonna get the same exact number. It's just the player's gonna like you know your players are gonna score less. I think that they'll do even better. I mean, I think they'll have. I mean, now that I think about it, Clay Thompson didn't play with Andrew Wiggins in 2019. Or James Wiseman. So it's our James Wiseman isn't back yet, but he didn't play with Andrew Wiggins yet. So it's the and, or Jordan. No, I think Jordan Poole he played with, but I'm, I'm I don't think so. Um, because I think Jordan Poole was a reserve in 2019. Um, but definitely it's going to be new for Clay Thompson. Definitely a new Warriors team since the last time we saw him. Andre Goudal is still there, but then you had Sean Livingston playing in NBA while he was there. So um, I think for Clay. I mean, he, he's been – it's not like he hasn't been practicing. He's been practicing with the team. So, um, I'm really excited for his comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I think it's just a great thing to have an all-time great shooter like this come back for the game. And I'm excited. Like, even though I don't really like the Warriors and I don't like when they're good that much, I, I, I do admit it's fun to watch them. Um, I think it will be great. And if the, someone like the Lakers can, back, can get back to being pretty good – a Lakers Warriors series would be so amazing. Oh, that's a sweep. Uh, yeah, brooms, probably, it probably get, is, honestly. Get the brooms <laughs> out. <laughs> it probably is a sweep, honestly, because the Lakers aren't nearly good enough. But if maybe with Anthony Davis, it'll be competitive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, all right, everybody. So this was definitely a full pack podcast. We definitely appreciate all your support. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow us and add this to your liked songs playlist. Um, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, on Instagram, obviously, this we're not posting on Instagram on um, the podcast, but we published out our schedule on the last podcast we talked about it. So make sure to go tune in there. Um, we said one podcast a week and definitely having a few posts a week, which we've been doing, posting some occasional short videos. And then on YouTube, we're definitely ha- making it much better. Um, if you're on YouTube right now and looking at our faces as we say this, thank you. Um, I started posting some short videos on YouTube, some some short discussions. We've been getting, we've been having great progress on that. One of our videos has a couple hundred views, um, but we definitely appreciate all of your support. Um, and with that being said, everybody, me and Nathan, we'll see you guys in the next one.